When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long. With your hosts, Calvin Wright and JT Runkin. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Uh, it's it's always funny doing this kind of time uh, of fantasy football because this is pretty much dead week. Uh, college dead week doesn't happen for another like six months. Uh, college just started for me, but but we have preseason. It's coming to a close, and then we have this week off where we just wait in anticipation. A lot of you have already drafted your teams, but there is still some important news, uh, news not news, news for you to uh, have in mind in some different players that we want to shout out and go over in preseason if players that are under the radar performed really well in this last preseason week. So JT Runke, my co-host, he and I are going to walk you through this final week of preseason so you can be fully ready for week one. Uh, any specific game you wanted to start with, JT? I know that you like Tank Bigsby, and he had a very, very strong end to his preseason. He did, and I just start off, yeah, you're totally right. It's like someone called it like, you know, like for like a theater performance, it's like that tech week or <laughs> tech whatever week, yeah. when they shake everything out, right? That's what this week of NFL football feels like or like leading up to it and most people this past weekend probably a huge weekend for your drafts but I also know that historically Labor Day weekend which is upcoming is also just like a very big time to draft right because it's right before the season um so yeah we we still got still got some time to draft and there there still might be some questions that you have but yeah a couple guys this week I'll start with that with that Jacksonville game Tank Bigsby is going to be um is going to be a problem and a factor it both good and bad for for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense and what I mean by that is that he's going to be a a good problem to have because he is going to be very involved with this team but he also could be bad for people who do still believe in Travis Etienne that now there is really a guy um, even though James Robinson was kind of shipped off last season there is now a guy who is arguably better than James Robinson was and, and has a higher ceiling than he did, and that's Tank Bigsby. I've always been big on him ever since the NFL Combine in the draft, and he kind of showed it uh, last night or this weekend um, with with his preseason performance. Um, a lot of good things, but they both uh, stayed involved. Definitely, if you are a big believer in Travis Etienne, I would look into trying to get Tank tanks Bigsby as a handcuff for sure um but if you're looking to maybe snipe your your draft opponents who took Travis Etienne and you kind of want to cash in on the frustrations of ETN owners Tank Bigsby uh could be the player for you this season yeah and I I never want to really draft handcuffs I always feel a little gross because it feels like you're wasting a draft spot but when there is a, a backup running back 
who's going to be involved, scoring points, running the ball when the starter is healthy, that's where I get more interested because it's not a completely wasted spot when you're drafting Tank Bigsby. Currently going in the 13th round on sleeper, so pretty much when people are taking kickers, uh, you're going to get some sort of some sort of production on the bench. And then if ETN goes out, he could be a top 12 guy you're looking at. He looks explosive. I, I, I do think I don't want to tell people that Bigsby is going to take over the role at all because ETN has also looked incredible in preseason. But I think that you're right. It's going to be a lot more of, of a committee than people might expect, especially you mentioned it. James Robinson used to be there. Th- this was drafted to be a committee when they took ETN. It was going to be a committee with ETN involved a lot in the passing game. E- uh, James Robinson actually had a really good finish to his preseason as well. I'm not sure if you saw it. Um, he ripped off some decent runs. Average then, 5.5 then, a carry. And then got cut the next yep. day. So, so um, that was... <laughs> Tough scene for James Robinson. Quite the fall from from grace. grace. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like it it was, it's been a tough road for him. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he will be on a roster somewhere, but um, yeah, just kind of ever since he was cut um, or traded from the, from the Jaguars last season has not, has not been a good uh, stretch for James Robinson. Well, they, they tried to, they really did try to have him as the one, if you remember, but he what led led the league in getting stuffed at the line. <laughs> so they yeah, just not the not the it. best technical runner. He has yeah. talent in the open space, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, with that and also his um, ball security issues, like it makes sense. Like there's a lot of things to not like about James Robinson. But everyone remembers that electric rookie season oh, and yeah. thinks what? But like it's not all about fantasy, and most teams are recognizing that. So James Robinson finds himself. Uh, looking for another home. But given ETN's injury history and the fumbling issues, which is ironic because Bigsby fumbled last night, but given those kind of two red flags with ETN, as explosive of runner he is, if you're drafting ETN there in the third or fourth round where he's going on sleeper leagues, I think you do want to pair him with Bigsby because ETN, there's there's a good chance there will be drives, I think, where it's Bigsby. I, I think that it's going to be much more of a mix than people are expecting. I've I've tempered expectations on really all of them because the more you see of this offense in preseason, the more it's going to be, I think, pass-heavy. We're seeing Ridley and, and uh, Lawrence, that connection is looking really sharp. Lawrence, 8 of 10 for 92. I think this is going to be one of the most refined offenses in the NFL this year. But I think that the backfield is going to be a little bit better in real life than it will be in fantasy. Yeah, and like as we're sitting here talking about it, I think this is the take I want to make that Tank Bigsby is probably the new Alexander Madison to uh, Travis Etienne's Dalvin Cook. Like he is the new guy that like if he's not picked up in your leagues, like and Travis Etienne is out, like everyone's going to be making a mad dash to the to the waiver wire or spending loads of uh, fantasy cash on the waiver wire to get this guy on their team because of if he has the backfield to himself, he's going to be just as productive um, and in that top 12 consideration. So I think as we talk about it, that feels more and more like kind of the situation that we find ourselves in. So like to your point, yes, you don't want to like, of of course it's not probably the best idea to draft like a Deuce Vaughn if he makes the team to like be your handcuff to Tony Pollard. But like in certain situations like this one, it is a good idea to roster both of them. I see him more, more as the Jalen Warren style of handcuff. That's, that's the type I want. 
Yeah, um, right. One more, one another performance I think we should take note of uh, at the end of preseason is Baker Mayfield's whole preseason performance. He has been really sharp. He has looked the part of the starter. Six of six for 43 and a touchdown. And it makes me, I, I, I've been a little bit conflicted with Godwin and Mike Evans. They're going in the sixth and seventh round uh, on sleeper platforms. But I think that Baker Mayfield is going to support them to fantasy relevancy. I think that they'll be startable wide receiver twos pretty much week in, week out. And I, it, it was funny. I did one of my my home league draft with my brothers and a lot of our friends. And my, my middle brother, he went so running back heavy that we were like mocking him in the sixth round that he had no wide receivers. It was able to land like Deontay Johnson and Mike Evans. And now the more I think about it with Baker Mayfield, the more I'm thinking he's going to have just a really reliable wide receiver too, I think. So in a lot of leagues, those two wide receivers are going to fall massively. Um, Sleeper ADP is a little more kind of competitive. A lot of like intense fantasy football players play on Sleeper. But on leagues like ESPN, they're going even later. And I think that both Godwin and Mike Evans will be really, really solid values there in the later rounds for wide receivers. Um, as, I, as I do think that Baker Mayfield can support them in having a pretty good season. Um, and then Sean Tucker, this was also a bit of news that came out really this weekend. Or I, I guess it was Friday. Sean Tucker, rookie out of Syracuse. He fell in the draft due to some, some medical issues, but... He was great at Syracuse, and now they're saying he's going to be a lot more involved than we initially thought with Rashad White. He's getting a lot of first-team reps in different situations. So there's another, if you're high on Rashad White and you think that he is going to be this workhorse, take Sean Tucker at the very end of your draft just in case. None of these guys are really proven. You're taking a chance on this whole backfield, but Sean Tucker is is undrafted literally undrafted and i think that he's talented enough that you should probably stash him if you're in on this backfield uh because i I think that he will be a little more involved early on and like i said if anything happens to rashad white you won't be out a player i think i think tucker can get it done in his absence yeah and like sean tucker i think was like my number 10 of my top 10 rookie running backs that i scouted at the combine this season so like Sorry to all the Rashad White believers, but like I'm very happy that Sean Tucker is is like get, making a name for himself, and he's been a guy that's been on my radar this entire time. Like that backfield at the beginning of like rookie minicamps and in OTAs, like that backfield was Rashad White. Um, there, the guy who used to play for Arizona, Chase something, Chase Edmonds. Um, chase Edmonds and then like sean tucker so like the the competition wasn't a lot and and i wouldn't have been surprised um back then when i said this that sean tucker might become the running back one in this offense and now we're here (laughs) um so like he is definitely a name to watch especially like even if you don't want to draft him like keep your eye out on him for week one and week two on the waiver wire um but yeah to your point like I'm kind of selling myself more and more on Chris Godwin, um, especially just because I think he's going to command the targets in this offense. And Baker Mayfield has looked serviceable. Um, he's not going to be th- the greatest, but like I, I feel like he will give Chris Godwin enough volume to cement him as a like middle of the road wide receiver too. 
And especially like you said, on some of these platforms like ESPN and Yahoo, like you are getting Chris Godwin right now for an absolute bargain. So like I'm with you. I'm I am buying as much Chris Godwin right now in my drafts as I possibly can. Now, before we started, you said Bryce Young actually it looked really good for him. And I agree. He, I, I, I kind of believe in him, honestly. But if Bryce Young is good, what does that mean for fantasy football? Is there anyone on Carolina that if Bryce Young is good, is going to be serviceable in fantasy football? I mean, maybe like, like Adam Thielen, like Adam Thielen is like a touchdown machine. So yeah. like. I still feel like if Bryce Young is serviceable, Adam Thielen could see the same amount of tu- the same amount of touchdown catches that he's seen in the past um, with 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 Minnesota scoring like eight to nine touchdowns a season. He's going to be very streaky. Not a guy I want to place a lot of faith in. Um, if Bryce Young is good, that I feel like that is even better for Miles Sanders, who I truly believe is going to command this three down workhorse kind of role and have an uptick in his receptions, which is why I, I think he's one of my higher end RB twos this season. Um, I really like Miles Sanders right now where you can get him. And I think if Bryce Young is good, it means that Miles Sanders will be good as well. Miles Sanders going in the middle of the fifth round, the 505 on sleeper platforms. It's his backfield. He's one of the most baffling ADPs. When I look at some of those other guys that I'm really high on, you know, Cam Akers, I go, well, I understand why so many people don't want Cam Akers. He has, he's been injured. It, a lot of people bought in when he was young as the rookie. He torched them. But with Miles Sanders, he's he's been fine for fantasy football. Last year he was he was very solid. Um he finished as the RB13. And now he gets he, upgrades yeah. in, in terms of the volume and people are out. And it's mostly because he he ran between behind in a, a ridiculous uh, Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, and they think any other line Miles Sanders cannot produce. Like he had the fifth most rushing yards last season. Um, regardless of that, like Carolina's offensive line is not the crazy downgrade that most people want to think it is from the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Like the, the, the Carolina Panthers have put a lot of draft capital into rebuilding that offensive line. So like it is a middle of the road to an above average unit. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you right there. Like, Miles Sanders, I, I really do like him this season. Average is 5.1 yards an attempt over his career. He's a talented runner. He's talented. He is, yeah. I think that there's no way of escaping that. In the fifth round, I'm fine if the line is a little bit worse. Yeah, and then one more game here that we need to talk about, and this is one that's super interesting to me on both sides of the ball here. Uh, this Buffalo Bills versus Chicago Bears game this this past weekend. Boy, oh boy, do I just continue to have less and less faith in Justin Fields, man. And and by proxy, DJ Moore in that offense. Like, (sighs) DJ Moore this preseason, when he's out there with Justin Fields, has really only produced big play twice. And they were both on really, really inaccurate passes by Justin Mm -hmm. Fields that DJ Moore was just able to create uh, the play. Like, I going back and watching the film of that game, I was not impressed with Justin Fields whatsoever. It seems like I was watching a lot more of just what we saw from Justin Fields last season. Um, 
if there's anybody on that offense right now that I truly want, maybe Khalil Herbert, but even then, like, Justin Fields is still going to command so much of the backfield. Like, it's just, I'm just getting bad vibes right now from this entire Chicago Bears team. So, like, if you're drafting and you want to, like, you're looking for some of these guys, just know that, like, for me, I'm just getting a lot of bad vibes from this team. Uh did you see? Did you feel the same way about Justin Fields, or like, are, are you very much I, disagreeing with my take? Honestly, in that game, I was not focusing on Fields because I was so mad when James Cook was the runner for the entire drive, and then Damian Harris came in and vultured the touchdown. Was also going to talk about that, but that, that, like, that there's, the there's a lot of frustrating but, things. No, I, I'm um, with you. There. He hasn't looked extremely promising um, as a passer. I do think, though, that. The rushing ability is there for it to be a very good fantasy finish, but I don't. He's he's going really early. He's going really early. That's what it comes down to for me. Is I feel like what did we say he's going in the second round now? Um, or no, no fourth fourth round. That was hurts in the second. Fourth round is still early enough that I want to know that there is passing production going to happen. You know, I, I'm fine doing the okay. It's a running quarterback. He's going to run all, all the. I'm fine with that later in the drafts, but in that fourth round when you could be drafting, I mean, uh, who are some of the running backs going there at the kind of middle of the fourth round? You've got people like Aaron Jones. uh, I was going to say Aaron Jones, maybe like a Travis Etienne if he falls that far. Um, There's a lot of good players passing Like There's a lot of good running back there. is going right a a little earlier, Um, but you are really passing on a... RB2. You're passing on an RB2 to get Justin Fields, and it feels a little risky. And I hate kind of doing this over and over again, but I think that down the stretch, Anthony Richardson is going to satisfy that rushing quarterback need, and it's much less of a gamble. That's really why I like Richardson is you don't have to invest that high draft capital for the rushing opportunity of a quarterback. And if you're looking for that rushing quarterback and you're willing to spend a really early pick you might as well go with, you know, Ertz. I know it's two rounds earlier, but he has the passing ability. He's proven it. Whereas Fields, you're taking a gamble, but it's a really pricey gamble. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then we can shift our attention to profit-approved James Cook This oh. in the last episode. I, I'm. It's frustrating, right? Like, it, it is frustrating. I'm hoping that that is not something that will is kind of like a precursor of things to come um, soon in the regular season. Um, but like it is promising that James Cook is kind of being this three down back yeah, the featured um, in for most of the drive. But like, once again, it, it's, it's tough like to oh, see yeah. him not get the goal line touch. I do like the two receptions for 14 yards that, that it doesn't yes. make up for it, but seeing him involved a little bit as a pass catcher, that that helps a little bit. And I feel like I agree. we can go in and go, okay, Damian Harris is going to vulture touchdowns. It's okay. If James cook is heavily involved as a pass catcher, but if cook isn't going to be involved as a pass catcher and you're just banking on, you know, 13, 14 carries and he's, you're hoping he breaks one off for a 45-yard touchdown. Then I I get a little more worried about that eighth-round draft capital. Uh, but but as long as he's going to be involved as a pass catcher, I'm fine with it in the eighth round. I think he'll be startable. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, especially for as little as he really played in that game, mm-hmm. which was like a series or two. Like, and, and Damien Harris played a little bit more after after the fact that James Cook was kind of done for the day. But like five for twenty three with a four point six average yards per carry, and then two receptions for fourteen yards. Like he e- easily like was the most involved uh, player on the field. For, for that drive and a half or so um, it, it is frustrating that he did get vultured at the, at the goal line, but I, I still feel really good about the production. Um, like I, I do still think that he is right now a low end RB two and can kind of rise through the ranks throughout this regular season. But it, we just had to address that because it is frustrating. I also want to shout out uh, Amari Cooper. You see that 53. Yes, yard? I did. Yeah, Amari Cooper, like he's here to stay, man. Open your eyes, people. Is not a, is not a, 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 it's not a hindrance of why you should draft uh, Amari Cooper. Just do it. Don't think about it. Well, do you want to move on there to some of the bigger news? Uh, Those were really the most interesting, I thought, uh, final preseason games. Aaron Rodgers, of course, looked pretty sharp with Garrett Wilson on that touchdown, but I'm pretty sure we all kind of expected that um but in in some of the bigger news josh jacobs makes his triumphant return he's gonna be back with the raiders making quite a bit of money this season yes. and this really wearing a helps new number too, by oh the way. i didn't even see the new number what's his new number yeah, he's, he's wearing the number eight now uh, which i don't, I don't <laughs> like that I mean, I, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Like Teddy Bridgewater this preseason went from wearing the number five to the number 50 to now the number 17. So I guess you can just really wear whatever number you want on a, on a given week to week basis, which like if you're a jersey collector or you buy jerseys, probably not the most fun. <laughs> I remember like, when I was younger, they had to like buy all the jerseys I thought that had been printed up and it cost them a lot of money. I'm not sure if that changed, but... They seem to be changing the numbers a lot. I, they, I don't they like do. it. And I don't I think, like it. I mean, for the consumer, it probably is bad. But for the yeah. NFL, I feel like it doesn't really matter to them. But yeah. yes, Josh Jacobs will be playing the season once again. Like, it, If we had to go back now and do our running back rankings, would you now put Josh Jacobs on your top 12? I would, but almost who it helps more in my eyes than anyone else is Devontae Adams. Because really my concern with Adams hinges from you know, what if this team can't move the ball? And I think this this offense as a whole is going to be a lot better. But yeah, I would probably put him around 9 or 10, like a little higher. I'd have to go back and see my, my rankings, but a little higher than like Joe Mixon and Ramondre Stevenson, not as high as Nick Chubb, Saquon, and Bijan. I, I can't remember exactly where I had them all, but kind of mid-tier RB1, I guess, is where i probably put him. Um and the problem with my top 12 is there are really 13 running backs that I see as top 12. And that yeah. was kind of the problem with quarterback is there like there are this many guys that I think are, we should next year do tiers. I think um, mm-hmm. will be yeah. easier, but yeah, I think Josh Jacobs, great running back one option. If you're drafting um, this weekend going two Oh seven, which I like that ADP a lot on sleeper. It's a pretty, Mid- that's a pretty nice seven. bargain for yeah. the, for like the, RB1 for most of the season. Like, yeah, RB3 last nice season, deal. and you're finding him now in the middle to late second round. So I think they'll probably rise a little bit, but probably not too much. I'm looking at the names ahead of him, 
And these are names that I don't see dropping very far. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon, Bijan, Eckler, and McCaffrey. Those are the running backs being drafted above him. I don't really see him overtaking any of them. So that's where you're going to get him, and, and I like him at that point. And the guy going right after him, the running back, Jonathan Taylor, what do you make of this situation? Is he going to play? Is is my team with Bijan and Taylor screwed? <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it was just the catch-up people who have been living under a rock. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was granted permission to uh, request, a, a, go find a trade, seek out a trade. And, of course, Indianapolis came back and said, oh, you can find a trade, but as long as it's for a first-round pick or some sort of compensation. And uh, since then, we've had interest from teams like the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, even the Los Angeles Rams. I know the Raiders were poking around there before they uh, got squared away with Josh, Josh Jacobs. And then it was reported that um, that Indianapolis actually turned down a deal mm-hmm. from Miami. Um, so interesting there with, with that kind of situation. Um, but for me personally, it's it, he has until Tuesday. That's the deadline that he was given by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I don't think he's going to get dealt. Um, of course, with with roster cutdowns and they kind of each team now has their because it's kind of weird this year, right? That we used to be, like go down from like ninety to seventy to like sixty something, and then the fifty three. Right now, this year it's just ninety to fifty three. You are cutting a bunch of guys in one foul, one fair swoop. Um, like there's a lot that these teams need to go over in the next couple of days. So like, could Jonathan Taylor still get moved? Probably. But like, if he were to, I would have imagined it happened this weekend, especially with games so close now. Um, so I think he will be an Indianapolis Colt. He, I think he plays probably the, the, the main concern I think I have with Jonathan Taylor is not that if he plays this season, but for how long, like if Indianapolis is a four win team come week 12, like I, it's hard for me to believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to be putting himself out there for mm-hmm. fantasy playoffs uh, when he knows that he he's not under contract and like, why would he get hurt? I feel like is going to like be what he's thinking. So like, that's where I start to worry like kind of like the end of last season. <laughs> exactly. Kind of like with with a bunch of these guys yeah. last season. Like there Brandon there was definitely Cooks. a couple Brandon Cooks of the world and and a lot of these guys who just our team is going nowhere. You didn't trade me at the deadline. Why would I why would I try why would I get injured in a contract year, you know, for for a team that clearly doesn't value me. Um so I I don't I don't hate Jonathan Taylor to start the year. I think this injury <laughs> stuff is a lot um is is played up for for these kind of contract talks for this entire uh preseason. So I'm not I'm not too concerned with him playing like the first half of the season. However, like I would sell like not even high. Like I would just sell Jonathan Taylor at the trade deadline yeah. because that is not someone I want on my my fantasy team if I'm looking to make the playoffs. No, it's uh, honestly if if you already have drafted Jonathan Taylor at this point you're hoping he gets dealt probably to Miami. There isn't a ton of competition. Next best bet in terms of Vegas odds is Chicago Bears. I would be very shocked if that happened. But Miami, it sounds like they would have to give quite a bit, and they weren't willing to give it for Delvin Cook. I don't know if they're going to be willing to give it for Jonathan Taylor. So we might just have a really uncomfortable situation with Taylor playing. But do you think there's any world where Jonathan Taylor doesn't play this season? I mean, 
yes, but like all signs are pointing to like him probably ending up playing, I think in some form or capacity, like if like teams would not be, I feel like trading for Jonathan Taylor, like right now, if they didn't feel good about him uh, playing this season, like you kind of have to feel like they have to know that he's probably good to go. And that's why you well, would trade well, are, for him. Are you worried that if he stays with the Colts, um, it, they just, he'll um, play. Yeah. I, maybe, but like, that's just, I feel like for the sake of developing your young, young quarterback and Anthony Richardson, like yeah. you, like Jonathan Taylor has to play, man. Um, so like, I I would if I was if I was betting if I was a betting man on this I would probably say that he plays but like who knows like this this next week will be very interesting to watch um, oh, yeah. definitely post his like uh, seek out a trade deadline. No, it's as someone who owns him, it's scary right now. It's it's very scary, but just cross your fingers for Taylor. Uh, the other big news was Trey Lance gets dealt to the Cowboys for a fourth rounder, which kind of marks the end of the worst trade in history for the 49ers. Traded up to the 103, took Trey Lance. He started five games for them, and they now they now say Sam Darnold is the quarterback too. He outplayed him in preseason, apparently, and they are shipping off Trey Lance. Fantasy implications, don't draft Trey Lance. <laughs> I hope you I, weren't. I, mean, I hope that I hope you yeah. weren't. Yeah, like if anything, this kind of helps you kind of discern this San Francisco room a little better, yeah. maybe. Like I think like everyone knew probably Brock Purdy was going to be the quarterback one, but if you still had your doubts, now you can kind of be a little bit more confident in Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle or some of those other guys. Like Brock Purdy really liked to throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle last season. Uh, and also Brandon Ayuk, like he had a good connection. Debo Samuel, not as much. Like I, I'm still kind of worried about Debo, Debo yeah. Samuel. So like from the 49ers perspective, like you can probably feel a little bit better about those players. Um, you don't have to for worry Trey Lance, about them. Exactly. Like he, he probably becomes the backup um, for the Dallas Cowboys as like, for right now, this has really no implications. But yeah. of course, Dak in kind of a contract year here, it, it, it really is more of the Dallas Cowboys playing offense with Dak before they have to play defense, kind of in a way, like at least in contract terms. Like Jerry Jones did this move to set up for the future and kind of have a guy now that was a highly touted prospect and kind of has the, the traits that, the Cowboys like in a quarterback instead of having to like go out and get one next season and like start from scratch. Like this new kind of start for Trey Lance is kind of starting from scratch here. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I think the deal is good for all parties except Dak Prescott. <coughs> yeah. I wonder if long-term they're hoping they can develop him. It's, it'll be interesting to watch how it shakes out really over the next probably three, four years. But that kind of wraps up the news, and I wanted well, to Well, we had oh, one, one more big one. Wait, Another profit-approved guy, Jerry Judy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Jerry Judy with the hamstring injury, a grade oh, two goodness. hamstring injury. Um, will now be out for several weeks. Uh, <laughs> like, nothing I could do about this one, man. Bad. I don't know how I can take an L on this one when he doesn't even see the field. If anything... 
buy low on Jerry Judy. If that means like he's like, even if he like falls to the eighth or ninth round, I probably am still drafting him like just to stash on my bench for when he's finally healthy. Um, or like just buying super low on him mid season for, for a comeback. And right now with Cortland Sutton, Sutton kind of sitting there as like the wide receiver 40, like yeah, he, he is the guy right now. Um, it's hey like man, him Marvin and Marquez Calloway's and Mark or Marvin Mims, like that's it. Um, so Cortland Sutton is probably due for an increased role and especially going as the wide receiver, like consensus, like wide receiver 40, like buy him as much as you can right now. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it, it's tough for a guy who I thought was going to have his best season. Of course, now he's got to deal with this, how long it linger lingers. We don't really know. Um, but we'll have to see. And two running backs on that team of Javante, end of the seventh, Samaje Pirine, middle of the 10th. I like drafting them now even more uh, than I did before. I think they'll have to be involved. Javante, reports are positive. It's pretty unclear when, he, if he'll be, you know, back to his old self. But man, Samaje in the middle of the 10th round, if Williams starts off slow and Jerry Judy is out for the first week or two starting off slow, he becomes one of the best early, you know, early season uh, draft picks, I think. I agree. And also maybe a flyer on Greg Dolchich, yeah. um, the tight end who could be a sleeper tight end to kind of have a big first half of the season. Um, yeah, this Broncos offense continues to get messier and like, I, I still want a part of it, man, because I still think there is value there. There is value for sure. It's just, it could be ugly at the beginning. <laughs> yes, I agree. Well, before we wrap up and tell you what the schedule is going to look like uh, for the actual season, um, we do want to remind you we're going to be doing the Vampire League, uh, the Grim Reaper League, whatever you want to call it. We're calling it the Grim Reaper League. The Prophet, the Prophet. The prophet trademarked Grim yes, Reaper League, I guess. Copyright. Um, basically, <laughs> there will be... JT and I have a team that our team is composed entirely of free agents after the draft. And each week, if we beat someone, we get to take one player from their roster. It continues, and we get to the end. We see if we become some super team that is impossible to beat. Or if are we even able to beat that first team ever? Uh, we might not be able to. It might be us with, you know... Who are who? Who's going undrafted? Jalen Warren, Clyde Edwards, Lair, Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of like that too. That's a good. That's a good start right there. I like that. So if you want to uh, get like, in, yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to get in, just uh, just go on our chalkboard. It's in the link uh, tree on the podcast, and we'll be putting the invites out there. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just trying to think of just some random wide receiver that will be on the waiver wire. Like, right, she right? Uh, like Puka Nakua, wide receiver <laughs> five for the Los Angeles Rams. Like, I will be scooping him up. There, there's, there's some good names in the 15th round. <laughs> Jonathan Mingo. There we go. It, there you go. It, it'll yep. be fun. It'll be fun. And we're going to really be trying to do three podcasts a week, a Monday Wednesday, Friday's uh, release schedule. So basically Mondays, we go over the previous week of, of scores. We go over, you know, studs and duds, waiver wire pickups, that sort of show. Wednesday, it's much more analysis of here players we think you need to be trying to trade for. Here's some situations we're monitoring. Here's some injury news. Here's some handcuffs that you need to be targeting. And then Friday, 
we go over the starts and sits and our booms and busts of the week and some kind of a different sleeper picks, different um, players we're taking over and unders on. So that sort of show. Um, and anything else you wanted to, to close off? As we said, this is kind of dead week for us. It's kind of housekeeping yeah, episode. I mean, rest of the week, definitely trying to be viewer and listener focused. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're interested, we'll be doing a mailbag for this Wednesday. So if you have any final draft questions or scenarios that like you really don't know, <laughs> you're, you're finding yourself in mocks coming down to two guys every single time in a certain round and you just want some more insight shoot us a shoot us a comment this week on tiktok any of our videos or anything like that um and then also send us also your fully drafted team on friday we We will be doing a draft review kind of grading your teams what we like what we don't like um so definitely just kind of a fun week as we wrap up this draft season and get ready to actually watch some football if you take Bijan 101, I'm giving you an A+, plus, just telling you that right now. There you go. Well, that's going to wrap it up, everyone. Um, thank you so much for listening. This one a little shorter than usual, but really, we're just trying to give you the last second preseason news, some different injuries that you have to pay attention to. And like we said, the rest of this week, pretty viewer-listener-oriented. We're going to be doing the uh, grading Q&A episode, so... Get in the comment sections, get in the chalkboard, shoot us any questions. We'll compile the best ones and we'll see you next time. So any closing remarks? Uh, do you want to uh, say like a quick word for Jerry Judy's hamstring? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jerry, call me up. I'll give you mine. I don't know if it's going to be as good as an NFL wide receivers. You don't like, need it. <laughs> there, there you go, you know. Um yeah, that's all I got. I don't have any hot takes this week because we're already in draft season. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I, I don't know. How, um, how many drafts are you doing this week? Oh, boy. So we did this one. Um, I think I have six other drafts oh, that boy. I have to get through <laughs> this week. But, I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of becoming more and more my job to be, keep in touch on fantasy. So every single different draft is a different strategy. So I'm excited to, to do them all. See, I... I... I always try to get a few players like the same. Otherwise, I just go crazy cheering True. against a player and for a player at the same time. It's too much math to keep up. In well, I mean, I mean, one of them, I'm kind of forced to do a different strategy because, as I told you, I have the third and fourth overall picks in the yes, first round of a draft, and I am just, wild. I am not sure what to do with it. We can grade we'll that one. We can grade that one on Friday. We can. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what you go with in that league cuz you've got such a good opportunity. And it's my big it's my it's big such money a good opportunity. Too, so like right? It's just kind of like what falls to me there. Yeah. But like I've been I've been working the trade uh the the pick trading lines trying to get back as much capital from that trade as as I possibly can. So now I have two picks in the first and I'm only out a second and a fourth. So, you know, well, it I've, seems like a pretty good deal I've for me. I've got one league. I, I went with what I called an all upside strategy. And this it's, it, you'll be like, Oh, how do you get that guy? How do you get that guy? It's a keeper league. And I had traded different players for picks. So I'm rolling with Justin Fields, Bijan Robinson, Jamar Gibbs, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, Chiga Conquo, and Cam Akers is my starting lineup. So if it goes right for those guys, Super Bowl. If it doesn't, <laughs> it, it's, it's all over. It, it is. And you and, might be having to, and James, uh, Cook, is on the bench. Away, James so. Cook is on the bench. Oh, there you so. go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Hope your drafts go well if you're drafting this week. If they already happened, I hope they went well. 
And we will see you next time. And I hope your players don't tear their ACLs over the next two weeks. Bye.